this is a really interesting story, and I want to I wanted to speak to the to the author of this study. There's a crocodile in Costa Rica that has a science community all abuzz this week. The croc lived alone, completely and totally alone for 16 years. Okay, and then suddenly laid a clutch of eggs. Turns out this croc took matters into her own hands, so to speak, through a process that I think is called parthenogenesis. Parthenogenesis? Something like that. Let's find out. We're going to speak with Warren Booth, who is an associate professor of urban entomology at Virginia Tech and the lead author of the study into this particular crocodile and what it did. Warren, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate you being here. You're welcome. Good to be here. Okay, the process we're talking about, parthenogenesis, does that sound right? Yeah, that's it. Now, this... Pits- yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, it's, um, parthenogenesis is actually a, it's a name for a, a, a group of, of mechanisms for asexual reproduction. This, but this crocodile in particular, let's just go through this case. The, the eggs were laid years ago, right? Like, the, the eggs weren't laid this week. They were, it was 2018, was it? Yeah, it was 2018. Um, so we have actually had these samples for quite a while. Um, unfortunately, with university work, that kind of got in the way. With getting the samples over from Costa Rica to the U.S. took time. And then, of course, COVID hit, and that led to a number of lab closures and delays. So... You know, it was the trifecta of things going wrong. Um, otherwise, we would have published this work several years ago. So, the the situation, we had a crocodile living by itself for years and years and years, laid the eggs. Um, now we've had a chance to examine the eggs. Is that how we got to this new development this week? Yeah, that's right. So, um, the uh, owner of the reptile park, Kessel Dwyer, um, had, had this female uh, crocodile that you mentioned for 16 years, isolated, no contact with males, and one day they went in and and she was acting aggressively um, and guarding an area of her enclosure. They moved her out of the way, they dug up the area, and they found a clutch of eggs. Mm -hmm. And seven of those those eggs appeared to be fertile. Um, Ketzel is a smart guy. He's known about the work of parthenogenesis in reptiles for quite a while. And as a result, he decided to incubate those eggs artificially okay. uh, to, see if they would, to see if they would hatch. Um, of course, uh, they didn't hatch, sadly, but one of those eggs did contain a fully formed, stillborn American crocodile fetus. We extracted DNA from that and from the mother. We sequenced their entire genomes, and we used that to show that the, that the offspring was indeed a parthenogen and to show the mechanism that was driving it. So that means it was a clone, right? It, I mean, all the DNA involved came from the mother crocodile? Well, all of the DNA came from the mother crocodile, but it's not a clone of the mother. Okay. Basically, what happens is the egg cell fuses with a byproduct of egg cell development called a polar body. It contains a set of chromosomes that are nearly identical to that of the egg. So basically, they contain half of the genetic material of the mother. They've got every chromosome, but only one of the chromosome pairs, basically, and that is essentially doubled. So this parthenogen, or all parthenogens in this case, are essentially very highly inbred. There's no variation or very little variation across their genome. So that would be the obvious downside to this, right? I mean, this is a, a last resort, I guess, for, for these species that can actually do this? Yeah, you know, that's, that, I think that's the big thing. It, it, it's, it's not great to be highly yeah. inbred. But, you know, we've studied this in snakes. It's been studied in birds and lizards and so on for a number of years. And while we find a lot of these parthenogens don't do well, they are either stillborn or they die very young, we've actually raised some up to adulthood and we've bred them. 
and we're going to be publishing the results of that in the next um, six months or a year, so they can reach maturity. But I also don't believe that it's like a last-ditch effort. I think this, this is just a single a single gene that controls it, that is not detrimental to the to the female to the mother, and that if she produces prostate genetically, so be it. If she doesn't, so be it. I think it's a very ancient trait that has just not been lost from the population. Oh, interesting. Okay, so it's not the fact that she was completely alone by herself for 16 years and this was the only way for her to continue the species. It's just something that, are there examples of other animals doing this? You know, when there are males around, they just don't go that, it doesn't work that way. Yeah, there is. You know, it happens okay. quite a lot in, captiv- in, in captivity. A lot of people are keeping ball pythons and ball constrictors see it happening. But we also published a paper in 2012 um, that helped that documented parthenogenesis in natural populations of copperhead and cottonmouth and viper snakes in North America. Yeah. And a couple of years later, a study was was, doc- was published documenting parthenogenesis in natural populations of small tooth sawfish. So. Um, the fact that we're not recording it in natural populations is not a case of it not happening. It's simply a case of us not looking for it. Gotcha. Gotcha. Fascinating stuff. Warren, thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate it.